I'm a big believer in facilitating on group projects. And that's one of the biggest ways that I've been able to show like leadership in the classroom. And I think especially in this time that everything's online, somebody needs to take that first step. Otherwise, you're never going to get started on the project or the team or whatever it is. So I try not to be afraid to send that first email or send that first notice when we get teams assigned. Welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. While there are a ton of other leadership podcasts out there on the interwebs, this is the only one solely dedicated to developing undergraduate leaders in numerous fields. We bring in interesting leaders from a variety of disciplines and industries to dish out practical advice for entrepreneurial undergraduates embarking on their professional careers. You'll hear from leaders operating at all levels, CEOs and other C-suite individuals who are at the top of their industries, mid-career professionals only several years removed from their college days, and young leaders in school who are already doing amazing things. We feature leaders from business, diplomacy, education, journalism, engineering, law, medicine, and the sports world. It's all part of our mission here at the Pusino Leadership Institute. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody. My name is Rishi Shah, and today I'll be your host. For this episode, we are thrilled to have Rachel Badway on as our guest. Rachel is a junior finance major from Massachusetts. She has been extremely interested in leadership for as long as she can remember, and that is the reason she applied to the Leadership Institute and a large part of the reason she came to Seton Hall. During her sophomore year, she decided to pitch an idea during IDT projects that ultimately got chosen. That idea was Lead Ahead, an interactive leadership platform that could be accessed by college students nationwide. The goal of the app was to provide students with the ability to learn leadership skills entirely on their own from wherever they are. Where she is now with Lead Ahead is miles ahead of where she could have ever dreamed. She was also successful in Pirates Pitch in the spring, an entrepreneurship accelerator program this summer. She is also currently competing in a pitch competition throughout the Collegiate Entrepreneurs Organization. Lead Ahead made the top 100 out of over 350 ideas, and it is still moving through the different phases of the competition. Rachel hopes to be able to inspire the next set of leaders in a similar way to how she was inspired. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me today. And for the audience to get to know you better, my first question is, how would you describe Rachel Badway? I am probably the biggest extrovert you'll ever meet in your entire life. I, my friends always joke, I could talk to a brick wall. I will talk to anybody about anything. I'm super outgoing. I just really love anything that has to do with people to people interaction. And I think that's part of what drew me to leadership to begin with was everything's so hands-on and so interactive. Awesome. And no, I, I definitely can see that from the many appearances uh, you have made in the different leadership classes or events. Now, I saw that when you were coming into college, you didn't come as a finance student, but rather as a biology student. What inspired you to make the change to finance? Was it a journey or a specific experience? So coming into college, I was always, I was pretty dead set that I wanted to be a doctor since I was little, but I think that was almost, I got that idea in my head probably in like the fifth grade. And ever since it just kind of stuck. But when I got to college, I really realized that that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do with my life. And I realized that more, I was always very business oriented and that was always kind of a a passion of mine. So being able to switch my major and really change the course of where I've gone has probably been one of the biggest, most impactful things I've done because as a biology major, I don't think I necessarily would have had the same amount of 
time to dedicate to all these things that I've been able to do now as a finance major. No, I get that completely. And there's so many people in college where they don't know what they want to do or what they want to be. And so they're also currently going through these same journeys. So I'm glad that, you know, you were able to find a passion of yours. And that is amazing. To those who are still on that journey, how what advice would you give to them? Maybe something that helped you or some tip or advice that someone else gave you? The number one thing I always tell people is be resilient. I think I've definitely had my fair share of failures. And I think some of the things that I've learned from some of those failures have been even more impactful to my life than the things I've learned from my successes. And some of those failures have led to successes, if that makes any sense. Don't ever let a setback keep you from your goal. So I always think about things as a series of pivots. And that was the coolest thing somebody ever described it to me as, is just because you're going one direction and you have this end goal. Even if you have to change your trajectory just a little bit, you can still reach that end goal. And always be on the lookout for learning from things from the people around you. One of my favorite quotes, and it's from Suits of all places, is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I think that you can always be learning from everyone around you and you can always be picking up things. Sometimes sitting back and listening is when you are really being a leader. No, that makes sense. And that's so interesting that you use the word pivot because whenever I've heard an analogy of, you know, changing your trajectory, I've never really thought of it as a pivot. Usually people describe it as turning one way or like making a detour of sorts and making a big loop. But a pivot, it's it's a small change. And so I actually really like that. So um, I think that would be great advice for um, anyone who's listening. Moving on to your, your skills as a leader, how would you describe your sense of leadership from what, it, what leadership means to you and your, your style? Leadership to me is definitely helping everyone else in the room reach their full potential. So I am a big believer that a true leader is somebody who inspires others to be the best that they can be, not necessarily to get themselves to the best point that they could be in. And I try to, everything I've ever done as a leader, I try to instill that. When I was an, I was a interdisciplinary team leader this past spring, and I was very, Lead Ahead started, which is my app, started as a very abstract idea. I had no idea where this was going to take me. And I really relied on my team to give lots of input and lots of ideas and to really help shape it into what it could be. Because again, if I was the smartest person and I could do this all on my own, I wouldn't need a team. And they gave me so much input and so much feedback that really helped shape where it was going. No, I love that because there's been a change in leadership in the past 10 years where leaders are taking more of the opinion of like um, the people they're working with. uh, Whereas in the past, um, the leaders were very authoritative and would um, basically just force their ideas upon. So I really enjoyed how you um, phrased that because really it is a collaborative um, effort. So that's so important. When when you talk about this, uh, your style of leadership, this collaborative style, um, was it something that you came in to your IDT project with, or was that something that you kind of learned over time? It's definitely something I learned over time. I was a massive student council kid in high school. That was like totally, I put every ounce of time I had in high school into student council. And I went to conferences on the state level. I went to conferences on a national level. I was a little bit of a student council nerd. 
just a little bit. And I think I learned so many things that I realized that people didn't have that sort of feedback before college. And before I remember freshman year, we were sitting with Dr. Price, and he was just talking about all these little leadership things. And the group of kids I was sitting with were acting like they had never heard any of this before. Nobody had ever given them any sort of leadership training. And I think I've heard so many leadership keynote speakers and so many cool things. And my whole thing is anytime I get to hear from a new speaker, whether or not I completely agree with what they're talking about, or if I already think I know it, I always try to go into it with an open mind, because even if I can take one thing away, that's going to make me a better leader. And I'm constantly growing because if I compared my leadership style to the way I was, even as a freshman college, it is so much different because leadership's all about practice. And I think college has given me so many opportunities, even just sitting in class to change a discussion or to help shape the flow of conversation or the flow of a project that I've been able to constantly adapt and constantly change and really I'm still working on it and I'm still refining my leadership skills but again it's a series of pivots it's that series of changes that really help make it the best it can be that's so interesting that you brought up in class leadership and I was wondering if you could go more into that because I haven't really heard anyone when they're describing leadership you know, talk about their experiences in class with a certain assignment and uh, compare that to leadership. So I think uh, it would be awesome to hear about your experiences in class as a leader. I think that I'm a big believer that you are a leader no matter where you are. And even if you're not technically the leader, leaders don't need positions to be leaders. That is one of my biggest points that I try to drive home with anybody I talk to leadership about is that you don't need a position or a label or a title to be a leader. So I think in the classroom, I always try to participate. I always try to talk in discussions. And that also has to do with I'm a huge extrovert. I like to talk, but I always try to participate. I always try to put my best foot forward. I try to look awake in class. I try to make sure that I'm actively participating and not doing other things on my laptop. If a professor is asking for answers on something and nobody's answering, I always try to turn my microphone on and try to give that answer. But also, I'm a big believer in facilitating on group projects. And that's one of the biggest ways that I've been able to show like leadership in the classroom is say, and I think especially in this time that everything's online, somebody needs to take that first step and that first initiative. Otherwise, you're never going to get started on the project or the team or whatever it is. So I'm... I try not to be afraid to send that first email or send that first notice when we get teams assigned. That's amazing. I really never thought of those little things being so important, but really when you describe them, they really do, or they're really essential to the development of anyone as a leader. And so I find that so fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for that. You mentioned when you were talking about being a leader is goes beyond a team. Like you don't need a team to be a leader and you don't need to necessarily be leading any specific person to be a leader. You have to always remain a leader. And oftentimes a lot of people in today's society, we find ourselves on social media all the time. And a lot of people face the trouble where they don't get the job they want because of something they had posted. How important do you feel social media is for uh, this idea of leadership? I think it's massive because first impressions are everything. The One of the coolest things that, and I think Dr. Price was the one who said it, is it takes five seconds for somebody to have their first impression of you. And those are the things that they're picking up. And I think especially in the digital age with everything online, especially with COVID, I know personally, like before I talk to anybody or if I'm having a meeting, I'm going to do a quick search and just look these people up on LinkedIn or on Instagram or Facebook and see what they're all about. 
And if I see pictures of them doing things that don't necessarily match my morals or whatever, I'm instantly, they're instantly going to be a few steps back in my mind. No matter, that first impression is massive. I think social media, my, my rule has always been don't put anything on social media you wouldn't want your parents to see. Because I think that kind of protects you from a lot of even what future employers are going to be looking for. Because everything's digital. You, We all have digital footprints if we just search your name. And that's what employers are going to see. That's what when you go look for internships, that's what future jobs are going to get to see. And don't put anything out there that you wouldn't want people to see. That Don't put anything out there that doesn't represent your true self. Absolutely. And you often hear in Silicon Valley that they have these like elevator pitches where, you know, they're trying to really portray yourself in a really short amount of time. And the way you described it, it really reminded me of the elevator pitch where social media is kind of like a longer lasting elevator pitch where it really makes that first impression. So that is definitely important. And thank you for pointing that out. Going back to what you were saying before, you were talking about how having a bad first impression could be an issue where that person would be two steps back. And you were talking about how it's important to have people on your team that have the same morals as you. When you had your first uh, IDT team uh, last semester, did you find that everyone you chose was, you know, as morally inclined in the same way as you were? And if not, how did that affect your team's performance? I think most of my team were rock stars. I like to think I picked very well. And I picked a lot of very good key players. I definitely had some people that I had to have some conversations with, but I was able to fix a lot of that. But one of the biggest things that I kind of learned after, as I was going was you can't sit around and wait for people and you can't make, you can't try to meet people in the middle who won't make a step forward for you. And I think I was try I tried to be super accommodating and tried to, fit everybody's schedules and fit everybody's willingness to work. But if people aren't going to meet you at the table, maybe they lose their seat at the table. And I think that's the way that life is. That's the way your life will be forever and always. So that's I- a great point. That's a great point. Absolutely. And going back even further, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Robin Schilk, who is your creative uh, director, a uh, fellow leadership student. And you work hand in hand with her. So how would you describe your relationship or partnership with her? And what makes it so effective? So I always joke that I I hired her on my team for her skills and I got a best friend out of the situation. And I wouldn't trade her for the world because I honestly could not afford her if I tried to go get somebody to do the work that she does for me. But it almost, when we were leading our IDT team, I remember after my idea got chosen and we got the email that my idea got picked, I was out to lunch with a few leadership students and me and Robin were not friends. And Robin looks at me and Robin goes, I want on your team. So she was one of my top picks for my team and I knew I had to have her. And she really stepped up and met me at the table and went above and beyond. She ended up being the highest ranked member on my team. She ranked above me. She did a phenomenal job, like knocked it out of the park. I remember having my debrief session and just talking about the project with Dr. Price. And honestly, I could wholeheartedly say it became me and Robin's team. And I definitely am a lot more dominant of a personality and very much of an extrovert compared to her. So I don't know if our team necessarily saw all of that, but our skills worked. I really think that our skills sets just worked very well together 
she is a phenomenal graphic designer. And I knew I was going to need logos and graphics and simulations and animations and so many cool things. And she has gone above and beyond what I even thought that students would be able to do. But more of the business, like the monetary side is totally my thing and our skill sets. And even when we pitch, because now we've pitched multiple competitions together, it's just easy. It's just an easy dynamic and it's comfortable. So it just works very well. And speaking of the pitch, uh, your app Lead Ahead has had great success since launching where you were a finalist for the Collegiate Pirate Pitch Competition. And you advanced past the first round for the CEO Startup Contest, making you one of the top one-third applicants. With each recognition and achievement, what are you most proud of? What do you take away from each at the end of the day? I think out of this whole thing, I think it's crazy to me that this idea has even gotten this much traction because this was a random late night thought that just, I've always really wondered why leadership hasn't been accessible to everyone because even at Seton Hall, we have one of the best leadership programs in the country. But unless you're in the program, you don't really access any leadership training. And those are the key skills that every employer is looking for. I remember when I got accepted to the program and I started telling like, even like my friend's parents that I was in this leadership program, they were like, that's amazing. Those are the things that we're looking for. Those are the things that are really gonna help set you apart. So why aren't colleges focusing on them? And I think the things that I've been able to do in every, I think I'm amazed every step I take with this because I never thought that I'm just this girl from Seton Hall and I'm just a college student and why would anybody trust what I'm saying? So I think every step that I've been able to take and every and every step has almost just happened, which sounds so crazy because I mean, I've don't get me wrong, I've put my blood, sweat and tears into this, but I remember getting an email from Susan Sherrick who runs Pirate Pitch while I was running this idea. She saw an article about me and it was about IDTs and she saw this idea and she was like, you need to pitch this. And I was not even, Pirate Pitch wasn't even on my radar. And she was like, you need to pitch this, you need to apply. So I was like, okay. So I put a message out to my team. I was like, who wants to step up? That was the first time Robin stepped up. And Robin was like, I'll do it with you. This will be fun. And then we made it past the first round. And then we made it to the finals. And we ended up coming in second and getting a ton of money. And we've really been able to step up our game. So I think every step I've been able to make has just been so impactful. And if you had, I started this about eight months ago now. If you had told me that this is where I would be having been in two competitions, doing an accelerator, still talking about it now, still working on it, I probably would have told you you were crazy. So to be able to still be moving forward with this and the fact that it's even on my radar as a future path is insane. That's awesome. And you can really just hear the passion and it makes hearing about someone's project or business entrepreneurship event or application. It's so interesting to hear because I can hear the passion in you. And so I really, you know, respect you for that. And I just want to make that one point where from these past two questions, you've talked a lot about Robin. And I think you made a great point in that you know, we always expect our, the leader to be standing at the top and the people the leader works with always has to be below. But you make this great point where Robin was, you know, rated even higher than you at the, at the end of the, de- and the debrief, which is so amazing to see. And it really continues to highlight, you know, your leadership style. And so 
Um, that's awesome to hear. You brought up something that I found so interesting in this last response, where you talked about how you know you you, you viewed yourself as Seton Hall girl, and you didn't expect to go into these competitions, much less see the success you did. Was there are there times where you doubt what you're capable of? And if so, how have you been able to overcome them to become this confident leader that you are today? I think. I doubt myself on a daily basis. I, I doubt myself with the fact that I'm here now. And like, what did I do to earn this? And I think we talk about, we talk about imposter syndrome all the time in leadership. And I think it's a very real phenomenon. And I think up until we had that conversation, I never realized that it had a name. And I think the self-doubt is very real when you start comparing yourself to other teams. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned through all of this is block out the competition. And we used to talk about it in playing sports. Ignore the competition because you never know what reaction you're going to get from the judges or what reaction or feedback you're going to be able to get. And I also, I've had my fair share of setbacks. I was, I am a big personality person. I'm not necessarily, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room. And I think what I've learned, I think resilience is the biggest thing is just never let, never let somebody tell you you can't because I'm the kind of person that if somebody tells me I can't, or if somebody tells me that that's wrong, it almost makes me want to do it more. So being told that, oh, you can't do this or, oh, why are you here? Almost makes me want to like step up to the table even more. And like this past competition, I started reading some of the schools that kids were applying from and there's, there's a team from Harvard. There's a team from Princeton. There's a team from Cornell. What did I do to earn my seat at the table? And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is ignore that. Ignore that voice in your head because if you didn't deserve to be there, you wouldn't be. Absolutely. I completely understand. To shift gears a little bit, we've talked a lot about Lead Ahead, but I was wondering if you could uh, delve deeper into what Lead Ahead is and when someone uses the app, what will they find and what, what constitutes Lead Ahead? So Lead Ahead is a almost game-like interaction, a uh, game-like simulation that's designed to teach students leadership skills from wherever they are, whenever they can. So most college kids don't have time to take another class or don't have the dedication to take another class or it's just not available to them. So Lead Ahead has a lot of those key concepts that you need to know, teamwork, communication, professionalism, knowing when to step up to the table. And we've taken that and we've created a platform. And currently we have a fully functional prototype that we're trying to launch, hopefully by midsummer, early fall next year, that takes you through various games and situations to teach you those skills. But it also gives you plenty of room to reflect because without thinking about what you've learned, these are things that can't be tested per se. You can't, it's not like a math test. So you have to be able to reflect on what you've done, but the app is also designed by college students. And that's one of the biggest things that sets it apart. There's lots of leadership type trainings out there, but there's none that are aimed at college kids. So they're all aimed at corporate CEOs or they're aimed at people who are already at the peak of their career. And A, those things aren't helpful to college students and B, None of us want to sit and listen to that. We want something that's more game-like and more fun and more interactive because if you don't want to use it, you're not going to. No, I, I agree completely. 
where having a game, it makes it so much more interesting. And college students really don't have great attention spans. So that's, that is an amazing way to set it up. As a student, right, you're a student and an entrepreneur, which is so amazing to me because those are two very different things, yet they demand so much. And not only that, you're designing an app. And a lot of people don't understand how much goes into making an app and updating an app. And even though we use apps every day, we don't understand behind the scenes. So what has the experience been like trying to manage being a student and creating and managing an app and being an entrepreneur? And with those challenges, how have you been able to overcome them? I think the biggest challenge I face is time management. I always find that if you really need to get something done, there truly is enough hours in the day. It's just a matter of how you use them. I am a big believer in planning for everything. Like even if I'm planning to get lunch with one of my friends, I write it down. If it doesn't get written down, it doesn't get done. So those two things demand so much of my time. But if I am able to say, hey, it's Tuesday, I'm going to dedicate four hours to working on Lead Ahead and I'm going to dedicate four hours to schoolwork. And once that four hours on Lead Ahead, I'm done and I'm going to move on to my next thing. And I think being able to practice that degree of self-control, but I also think that there's certain things like I have app limits set on my phone because otherwise I will sit and scroll through Instagram for hours like the rest of us. And I also think that building this app there's so much more that goes into it than I could have ever imagined. I never realized how in-depth and complicated of a process it was. And I also never realized, but I also didn't realize that there were so many services and so many platforms available to use. I just, until I started doing research, I never really realized the possibilities that were out there. And speaking of game, I wanted to play a quick game. Would you be up for it? Always. Okay, so I polled people to see what their favorite leadership qualities were. And so as I list each one, I just want you to say if this is an underrated or overrated leadership quality and why. So the first one is charisma. Underrated. Why? Because your charisma is what gets you in the door. Being able to, as I call it, I call charisma schmoozing. If you can schmooze, you can get yourself into and out of a lot of situations. It's important. True, true. Second one, empathy. Personally, I think it's overrated. I mean, it's very important as a leader, but I think sometimes it's overused to the point to the point that people don't put their foot down. And you could run into the danger of your your the people you're working with not doing the work that they're supposed to. Exactly. Right. So you have to find that balance, obviously. Yes. Two more. So integrity. Underrated. I think if you can't be true to yourself and if you can't be true to your word, you have no place being a leader. And the last one is accountability slash communication. Underrated. Communication is everything. If you can talk and if you can, if you're open, you're A, more likely to have a responsive team and B, more likely to get things done. So as you're a student and as you're an entrepreneur, we've obviously been through a tough time with the pandemic. And so... I was wondering what sort of challenges, either as a student or an entrepreneur, that you've had because of the pandemic, or maybe some benefits you've experienced because of the pandemic. I hate online classes with every ounce of my being. I do not learn well online, but I'm doing the best I can. 
But I think one of the biggest silver linings I've been able to find was I definitely had a lot more time to dedicate to Lead Ahead this summer because I wasn't traveling and I wasn't seeing my friends as much and I wasn't going out. So it freed up a lot more hours in my day. And I could sit and work for hours on Lead Ahead and uninterrupted. And I had a lot more energy to dedicate to it. And I think that that accelerated my timeline drastically and really helped make it what it is. That's amazing. Unfortunately, we are running short on time. So I wanted to change gears away from Lead Ahead a little bit and to get back to you personally. Now I'm gonna list another set of rapid fire questions, but these are just more about you and these are not necessarily leadership based. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. For the audience, name one recommendation for a book, TV show, or movie. Blacklist. Oh, on Netflix? Oh yeah, it's yeah. my favorite show. Oh wow, okay, awesome. What is something awesome that you have seen in the past week? I got to read a news article and it was a set of conjoined twins and it was the first set of conjoined twins that got separated from the head. And it was- super- Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Super cool. Yeah. Your favorite class at Seton Hall? Probably business law. Your favorite holiday? Hands down Christmas. Oh, holiday cheer. I mean, how can you turn that down? And your favorite podcast to listen to, if you have one. I'm a big fan of the leadership podcast. Oh, thank you. Barstool has one and it's called Lady CEOs. And it's a woman who runs her own company and she talks about leadership stuff. And it's so cool. But it's kind of given in a very college student friendly, like hip and happening way. And it's great. No, that's awesome. And I've really found that podcasts really help to, I guess, diversify where you're hearing, you know, your thoughts from. So, no, that's great that you have uh, multiple podcasts that you really enjoy. So to close out, if to anyone listening right now, do you have any general advice? Just one thing that you think that you've learned or you believe in that just generally could be of help to anyone? always be resilient, always keep pushing forward. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the podcast. And to our listeners out there, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. On behalf of everyone at the Bucino Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank all of our podcast listeners, the podcast team, as well as 89.5 WSOU Pirate Radio for allowing us to use their facilities. Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership and on Twitter at Shu Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.